Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that will help you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime, together for you. Welcome to episode 31 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan Key, and I'm happy that you're here. It's really been awesome watching the number of downloads of this podcast increase and hearing back from you about the impact these episodes are having on your own weight loss journey. I think that's fantastic and uh, love hearing about how you're applying this to your own life. In case you're just joining us, I'm a family physician and an obesity medicine physician, and I am a weight loss coach for physicians. I've lost 55 pounds myself and have now been maintaining it for a little over a year. And what I talk about in this podcast is a combination of the things I've learned through my work as a family physician and then also my training for my obesity medicine certification and then things that I picked up and looked for to apply to myself because as you probably know, just being told what to eat or being handed a diet plan isn't the full answer for long-term weight loss. And I think we know that really well. So I went on a search to find out for myself what would help with finding the complete answer for long-term weight loss. And what I found was a lot of these thought techniques that we talk about in these episodes. And I think managing your own mind when you're working on weight loss and you're losing weight for the long term is the biggest skill beyond whatever diet you decide that you want to follow. Uh, Managing how you think about your diet, how you think about your weight, how you think about weight loss, that is so important and it's so under discussed in the weight loss field. So that's what I do here on this podcast is I talk about each of these topics and use knowledge from working with patients for treatment of obesity, as well as with coaching clients on long-term weight loss. If you find that you find it difficult to take what you know or what I talk about and put it into action in your own life, that's totally fine. That is really common. But doing some one-on-one coaching can make all the world of difference with that. So in the private coaching that I do, we take all this information and more and we apply it directly to your life. So we take what you are struggling with in your own life, in your unique situation, and apply all of this information to find solutions that actually work for you in your life and that you have confidence that you can keep maintaining over the long term. If this sounds interesting, then either just send me an email at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca or head on over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash work dash with dash me or click on the work with me button and you can actually book a free introductory session right on the website with me uh, and it gives us a chance to just sit down and chat about how I could help you. I can't wait to talk to you. Okay, so today we are going to be talking about how to positively parent yourself. And so I'm going to talk to you about how to parent and discipline yourself when you have made a mistake. I'm going to talk about how we often do this and why it just sets you up for more mistakes. And then I'll talk about a better way of handling mistakes 
and setting yourself up for success. This is a good one. I have been talking about this topic multiple times a week for weeks now. It just keeps coming up. And so I think it's just so important that I cover it in a podcast. So hang with me and we'll talk to you after the, this disclaimer. And now quick break to review a disclaimer. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. And now back to the episode. And we're back. So I wanted to start with a story and I want to be fully open and honest because I think you could easily listening to this podcast think, oh, geez, she has it totally figured out. She never wavers. She sticks to her plan. And the reality is I do have times where I eat off plan. I have weeks where I feel like I didn't do the best I could with how I eat. Um, And I think I probably always will. I'm not perfect and I don't really expect myself to ever achieve perfection. So that would be fantastic if they created some sort of pill or something that could give you that easily. But what I think the reality of maintaining a long-term weight loss and the reality of using all these thought work is that it's a continual process. So you think you have one thing figured out and then your brain will kind of get through or take a side route to try and get you back to your old habits. Um, And sometimes it works. Sometimes you slip up or sometimes you choose to eat off plan. Um, And I think the really important thing is not whether or not you eat off plan at times. I think the important thing is how you deal with it and how you manage it and how you get yourself back on track. That's the big skill is if you do eat off plan, getting yourself back going where you want to be. And so my story is this weekend, we were out camping at the lake where I consider to be my favorite place in the world. And this was our first chance this summer to actually camp overnight with the whole family, uh, which was great. Um, And what happened is I ended up reverting to a lot of old habits at the lake. Like we ate things like chips and s'mores and that sort of stuff. Um, And I have to say it was done purposefully. It wasn't that something snuck in or got past me or there was something magic about being at the lake that made me out of control. Uh, But I think the week prior had been a stressful one and I was mentally tired and the idea of using the tools that I knew would keep me from eating that stuff just wasn't what I felt like doing. Um, And so I did have some chips and I had some s'mores and I also ate some normal food for myself, some veggies and dip and that sort of stuff. And then when we got back, we've gone back to our normal way of eating. And I think the biggest difference between this weekend and say if we rewound like three or four years, what this would have looked like is A, the weekend and the amount that I ate would have been quite different. So I, you know, three or four years ago, I probably would have eaten a lot more and a lot more different stuff and had a lot more difficulty controlling myself. 
And then how I think about it is the biggest difference. So, you know, three or four years ago, I would have thought, I just can't control myself at the lake. Uh, This is just a write-off. Or maybe something like I I deserve to eat this stuff at the lake. Um, My brain would have added a whole bunch of extra layers of thoughts to that food at the lake. And this time, you know, maybe some of those thoughts sneak in because they're always there at some level, but I'm very much more aware of it. And when those thoughts snuck in, I was careful to relabel it as these are just choices I'm making. So yes, I made choices to eat some chips. And yes, I made choices to eat some s'mores on the weekend. But that's okay, because I can make choices. And the big thing that I want to talk about and that I tried really hard to not do from this weekend is start to beat myself up about the choices I had made. And this is what keeps coming up when I've been working with people over the past few weeks is our tendency to beat ourselves up over food choices that we've made that we perceive to be the, I'm doing air quotes because you can't see me, the wrong ones. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about why we do this. So why does our brain feel that we need to be so negative after we do something like eating off our plan? And it it seems so universal for anybody who's trying to lose weight. If they eat off plan, all this negative thinking comes up. And I think some of this is just our diet culture. So we're almost raised in this that if to follow a diet and to lose weight, you must be being good on the diet or following it 100%. And so if you're not, then you're being bad and you're failing, I think are kind of some of the black and white thought patterns that we get into regarding weight. And the interesting thing with this is when I start talking to clients about this, our brains really want to hang on to that negative thinking. It's really difficult to accept or to give up that maybe you could lose weight without beating yourself up about mistakes. And so why is this? And I think it's this mindset that in order to be successful, in order to not repeat mistakes, we need to be really tough on ourselves. We need to be, in terms of the parenting analogy that I started with, we need to be the authoritarian parent, the strict one that says, look what you did, look what a mess you made, you can't ever do that again. And the reality is that doesn't work. Like if we're thinking from the parenting perspective, when we are overly authoritarian with kids that we're parenting, And we spend all the time telling them what they did wrong and how wrong it was and how they can't ever do that again. What ends up happening? Well, the kid sure as heck doesn't usually listen. Um, Number two, the kid's self-esteem usually starts to go down because if all they're hearing is negative stuff about themselves, they start to think negative stuff about themselves. And they're probably more likely to still do the same behavior, but just hide it from you. Versus positive parenting, where you have boundaries and you set limits, but you don't spend time dwelling on mistakes. And the argument I'm going to give you is when you're dealing with yourself and you're trying to parent yourself through difficult situations, a positive parenting approach is going to be far more effective than a strict authoritarian negative 
type approach. So are you finding that hard to picture? Like if you picture yourself making a mistake, say eating something you didn't plan, maybe eating far more of it than what you planned, and you picture yourself treating yourself with compassion and grace and saying, it's okay, let's move on. Is that really hard for you to accept that that could be more effective than telling yourself how upset you are and how bad that was and how much that impacted your success and keeping after yourself for the next day or so about that food decision? And if you're finding it hard to picture it, I think that's totally normal. Like I said, lots of people do. Our brains are really tuned towards the negative. And uh, this pattern we're taught, I think, from a pretty early age. But I always like the term, you know, show your math. So how do I get there? Well, if we think through the thought model, and just to give you a refresher, so circumstances are the facts in our life. Uh, They're bare bones facts, they're neutral, they're what could be argued in a court of law. Circumstances trigger thoughts. Our thoughts are what add the positive or negative nuances to a situation. Our thoughts then cause our feelings. Our feelings cause our actions and our actions are what give us our results. So in this setting, the circumstance would be exactly what you ate. So I'm going to use myself as a hypothetical uh, example. So I ate s'mores. My thought about it, if I were to be taking the negative route, might be something like, why the heck do you keep doing that every time you're at the lake? Or maybe even something like, well, I'm failing because I eat the s'mores. Um, There's probably lots of different things you might think about yourself for having something to eat. Maybe you think even more negative stuff than I'm willing to say on the podcast, but you can kind of use those as examples. So if I'm thinking, well, look at you, you're failure, you did it again. I'm, how am I going to feel? My emotions are going to be defeated. I'm probably going to feel out of control. Uh, Maybe I'm going to feel sad. When I'm feeling those ways, how am I going to show up in my life? Am I going to be really jazzed to get back on my regular eating plan and order a salad for the next meal or uh, get through some urges when they come up soon after? Uh, No, probably not, right? Like my actions when I'm in that space and I'm feeling defeated and out of control is I'm far more likely to overeat or eat off my plan. Or maybe just, you know, not even so direct, but maybe be far less likely to do the planning or the preparation that's needed for my healthier food options for the next day. And then what results do I get? Well, Either I've eaten, overeaten and eaten off plan more, or I've set myself up that the next day is probably not going to be very successful because I didn't get around to doing any of the stuff that would be required for me to keep my healthy habits going. So my brain tells me that beating myself up is the way to get myself to eat better and not make that mistake again. And yet when we use the thought model, we can clearly see that that's not true. By beating myself up, I put myself into a state where I'm far less likely to follow through with the healthy actions that would get me just back on track and recover from those food decisions. And I think that's really important is recognizing in this that it's not the s'mores that I ate in this model that I gave you that are the problem. 
I could eat s'mores and think something totally different about them and not have all the same fallout, which we can talk about next. Uh, The problem in this model is the fact that I'm thinking negative things about those s'mores. So I'm making those s'mores that I chose to eat mean so much more. I'm inflating them with all these extra thoughts and, and drama and making them mean a whole lot about my overall weight loss experience. And by doing that, I'm essentially sabotaging myself. I'm setting myself up for future failure. Now, compare that to more a positive parenting approach. So make the same mistake, end up eating some s'mores. If I have a thought, something like, I made the decision to eat s'mores. And that's essentially the thought I used this weekend. I'm making the decision to eat s'mores. So it's not that I'm telling myself I'm fantastic because I'm eating s'mores. I don't think it has to be that. Maybe it could be if that's what feels true to you. I'm just telling myself that I'm just making a decision. And the difference with that is then if I'm thinking I'm making a decision to make eat s'mores, my feelings that that thought generates are totally different. I don't have the same feeling of defeat, of being out of control. In fact, I feel more in control, maybe feel neutral about the s'mores because it's just a decision. When I'm feeling more in control, more neutral, the next food choice that presents itself, I'm in a far better position to make a decision that's in line with my health goals and the plan that I'm trying to follow. And then if I make a better decision, the next food decision that comes up, my results are that I just get back on my plan. So I end up with the result that, yeah, I ate the s'mores, but it doesn't become this snowball of spiral of extra food choices. So you can see the difference with those is the slightly more positive thought, though not like rainbows and unicorns positive thought, but just slightly more positive can generate a whole different feeling and a whole different outcome and results. And I would argue that that's a far more effective way for a long-term weight loss. Yes, I ate the s'mores either way. That's okay. The one way had me feeling really horrible and probably feeling bad for more than a day afterwards, depending how long I decided to keep rehashing and ruminating on the s'mores I ate. And the other one had me eating some s'mores and then moving on. And the analogy that I've thought of with this is um, we're currently teaching our nine-year-old twins to mountain bike. So this is the first year that they're really on trails with us. And we spend so much time talking to them about not watching the trees because when you're mountain biking, your bike goes where you're looking. So if you're looking at the trees thinking, I don't want to hit that tree, you will hit the tree. If you're staring at it, that's where your bike will go. Same thing for any other obstacle. And so we constantly are telling the girls, don't look at the trees, look where you want your bike to go, look down the trail. Um, And I think this is very similar that, you know, we think we have to stare at these mistakes. We have to rehash them, think about them over and over and over again so that it doesn't happen again. But the problem is, is when we're focusing on them and that's all we're thinking about, it will happen again. We're going to just keep repeating the same mistake because our brain is focused on it. Versus if you just let the mistake be there, let the tree be there, but look down the trail where you're actually headed, 
you just this this mistake's still there, the tree's still there, but you're not going to hit it. You're just going to keep moving on, and maybe you won't hit one of the other trees down the road. But when you're thinking negatively about the food choices you have already made, you will be hitting trees constantly. So don't hit trees. Focus on the trail. Be nice to yourself and move on when you've made a mistake. Now I'm going to give you my three tips for how to approach this. So when you've made a mistake, how to do this from a positive parenting approach. And I looked up the definition of positive parenting uh, on, I think the website was positiveparenting.com. And they talk about teaching discipline that builds on your child's self-esteem while at the same time correcting their misbehavior. And I think that's exactly what we want for ourselves is we want to parent ourselves in a way that we build our own self-esteem with weight loss, but we also correct the underlying behavior. We learn from it and, and make it less likely to happen again. That's exactly what we want, right? So here are the three tips. Number one, and I say this a lot, but approach with compassion. So this really goes at the heart of the theme of everything else I've said in this episode is be nice to yourself. Treat mistakes with compassion, not with negativity. The second is looking at it and thinking, what can I learn here? So often there's something that you can learn about a mistake. And if we look at mistakes we make in the weight loss process as learning opportunities, then we will be far more set up for long-term success. So every time you make a mistake, if you can learn something from it, then all that learning builds on itself and the numbers of mistakes you make go down and how big they are go down and it just becomes a positive snowball effect. So for example, the camping is maybe I just shouldn't let us pack more stuff on a weekend where I know I'm feeling kind of frazzled mentally or a little bit mentally exhausted. That might be something to learn from it. Maybe bring the s'more stuff on weekends where I feel a lot more focused and a lot more strong and able to use the tools that I find effective. Which brings us to the third tip is thinking about how would I do this differently next time? And what do I need to do to support myself better next time? And so looking at it and almost envisioning the same situation and doing some mental rehearsal about what would I do differently? Maybe it would be just, I would do more self-talk before the s'mores comes out and get like talk my mental state into a place where I could just allow the urges and accept that it would be normal uh, urges. Maybe I just need to create some sort of lower carb version of s'mores, which are out there. And I think that might be something I try this summer. There's lots of different things that you might do, but taking the time when you're out of the situation and you're in a compassionate, curious headspace, you can generate some possible solutions for when that same situation presents itself uh, and set yourself up for better success next time while building your own self-esteem. And that's a piece that I think is really, really good about this positive parenting approach is A lot of us, when we're working on weight loss and we've worked on weight loss for so long, we don't have self-esteem when it comes to our weight loss. You know, self-esteem about body image and stuff is something totally different, but self-esteem and confidence in our own ability to manage our weight, 
I think most of us don't have that anymore. And maybe we never did in our society. But it is something that you can have and we can foster and build. But the way to build it and foster it is by being nice to ourselves and letting go of these diet mentalities that we have to beat ourselves up and be really negative and tough on ourselves. Learn from your mistakes. Don't let the mistake just get swept under the carpet. I don't think that's helpful either. But pull it up, look at it with curiosity and compassion rather than negativity and blame. Learn from it and then let it go and move on and don't keep thinking about it. All right, guys. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time to hit the subscribe button uh, so that you get all the new episodes. And if you could leave a review or a rating, I would really appreciate it. It helps people find this. And speaking of that, if you are enjoying it, please tell your friends about it. Share the podcast so other people can benefit. I'm at info at weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca if you want to let me know uh, how you're applying this to your own life, or if you have questions that you wouldn't mind being used on a future question and answer episode, send them to that email as well. We will talk to you guys later. Have a fantastic week and thank you so much for listening. 